Welcome to Simpler. We are three pastors, husbands, and fathers on a journey to make life simpler by holding Jesus as the core for every belief and practice. This journey has shaped us to be more like Christ, freed us from the shame of failure, and encouraged us to a deeper love of our Lord and God. We invite you to join us in the discussions that have shaped and continue to shape our lives. How's that look, man? I'll smile for everybody at home. Yeah. yeah. You want me to shine your shoes? You want me to smile for you? Because you're definitely not going to let me play. Deal the cards. (laughs) Cracking. Wow. I think you're the only person on this podcast I can get away with that. I still think back to weeks ago about you saying, why are you going to choose all these white names? <laughs> <laughs> that, one, that was, yeah, that was great. Hey, did you guys know that the uh, divorce rate in Maine directly correlates with the per capita consumption of margarine? <laughs> in Maine? In, in Maine. Maine. <laughs> like, what I so want to know. the higher the divorce rate, the higher the margarine consumption. Or vice versa. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I would feel like if you're using genuine butter, like real butter, that yeah. you're probably staying together. You're fat and happy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and margarine's, <clears throat> margarine's fake. And if you're, well, if you're eating margarine, it's clear that your marriage is fake. Unless your put, a, put a stamp on that. <laughs> Unless your name's Fabio and you can't clear. believe it's not butter. <laughs> My first thought was like, if you're going through divorce, you're sad. So therefore, you don't want to spend all, you don't want to spend too much money on butter. Right? You can't like, afford well, I butter. Can't afford that much butter. I just got to keep eating the margin and get yeah. more and more. And no, more. they're not the same. It's the correlation. So it's like. It's like people that aren't even getting divorced or eating margarine. And then oh, people yeah, have yeah. to get divorced because there's more people eating margarine. They have yeah. to. That's exactly right. Mm. Gosh, those poor people in Maine. Golly, I, I, <laughs> Just eat some lobster, man. I thought for sure when you started that. Yeah, that's what it is. People are using margarine. They're dipping lobster in margarine. Which well, is no wonder. garbage. What the heck? You got to yeah. use butter. Your yeah. whole life is lie. Wow, your marriage has okay, been a sham the from the Okay, that's the first correlation I've said in the last few episodes that I actually understand now. Yeah, <laughs> makes perfect sense. That one actually is causation. <laughs> it is it's causation. Did you say uh, you dip your lobster in margarine? <laughs> We're getting divorced. We're getting divorced. <laughs> We're done. Ryan, how you doing, man? Oh man, I am great. Good. Yeah. Living we, large. Yeah, we're we're uh we're doing kids camp at the church this week. Mm. Yeah. Um I will tell you that in April I was very stressed about it because mm-hmm. Michelle and I were heading it up and planning it. Um but we're doing kids camp and we're this year we're just doing it at the church and uh and doing it every night. So, so question about that. I meant yep. to ask it earlier. I feel like most churches do kids camp at their local church, right? Or do most churches travel for it? Uh, it's both. Is, yeah, it, yeah. is it kind of a good split down the Well, middle? I think that depending on the kind of church you're at, like a lot of churches do something like a vacation Bible school sure. at church, and then they'll take they kids to Also do to like camp. a travel camp. That's yeah. true. Yeah. I hadn't thought about whenever I went to, was it Carolina Creek down in East Texas, they had that whole kids camp side. Have you guys seen that? Where it's like all the buildings are different animals. Oh, Like cool. each individual uh-huh. building is like, a, it's a huge zebra and it's like a huge tiger. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh-huh. I was driving around. I was trying to just pass some time. I was like, I want to see the whole campus. And I swung through there, which was kind of creepy because I was just a, a 27 year old man who looked 40, just creeping around staring at kids. <laughs> but I was like, I was looking around like was super, it super a van stoked. That said free candy. Yeah, I wish. No, it was just, it was just my, it was my Honda insight. You got to shave. So it was just this mustache. really quiet hybrid just going around like. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Stephen. Thank you. That was perfect. Timing. Well, uh, you know, I did, uh, I did kids camp with my good friend, Scott Donahoe for like seven years in a row. And he's at CBC in San Antonio, which is a massive church. And they're third through fifth graders. That's, that's the only age they take to camp. Uh, they were taking like 400 kids a year because wow. they have such a big church. They have like 15,000 people, you know? Wow. And, um, and it was so much fun and, and their prep was so great and the content was so great. And I mean, I was the preacher, so, you know, anyway, but, uh, no. but <laughs> so yeah, but it was, it was a lot of fun. And I remember kids camp when I was young and I mean, I don't remember the content being great if I'm looking back on it now, but like, mm-hmm. I know that there are some kids camps out there that have great content. We just kind of got to it a little bit too late this year to really yeah. start evaluating those. And so we just decided to do it at the church. And I, I think, think it's a good idea for, I, I for where too. we're at in the community. Yeah. Oh, and, and I think it gives a lot of people a chance to volunteer. We have a lot of people who have yeah. stepped up to yeah. volunteer and help out. And so, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Micah, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. Good. Getting, getting geared up to, to leave. Yeah. Leave for a while. My summer is slower this year mm-hmm. than it has been, which I kind of expected. Busier than it's last year. Better than last summer. Uh, yeah. You know what's funny is I actually have last year I ended up doing two camps, I think, but but basically for nothing. Yeah. Just because 
it was it wasn't their fault. You did you know? three. Yeah. Did I do three? One in East Texas, and then you had the one oh, the week before yeah. and the week after that I you didn't about that. get. You didn't get paid much for the one before and after, or the one in the middle. Yeah, mm. that was the one you got paid the most for. I think. Out Dang of the three. it! Out of yeah. Three. yeah, yeah, yeah. So COVID I, I kind of figured this summer would be would be slow again. Mm-hmm. Everybody's kind of, you know, yeah. getting back into it. But I mean, it's it's nice. I'm doing two camps in Louisiana and one camp in Texas, um, and so it's it's you know it's areas where you know, nobody's concerned yeah, yeah, yeah. about COVID anymore. Yeah. So. It's, it's, what's funny is it's so wild that like with, with the rest of the world, other since they went, actually, yeah, the rest of the world interacting with COVID versus Texas now, cause it feels so in the past. <laughs> like, obviously there's still like the remnant yeah. of certain stores really, really highly encouraged masks. The people aren't really well, fully enforcing I, I, in it. In San Angelo now, it's like <clears throat> almost non-existent. Yeah, exactly. Like, like really, like I'm even seeing um, lots and lots of senior adults out without yes, masks. Yeah. On yeah. Now. Well, and and so many people have had access to uh, the vaccine in yeah, San yeah, Angelo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, a few weeks ago, somebody was telling me that um, Market Street is giving the Johnson and Johnson one, which is just one dose, mm-hmm. and that right now there's no wait for it, like at mm-hmm. uh, at Market Street. So like, dope. Yeah. Um, so it's just kind of one of those things. I think that people who are wanting it can get it, mm-hmm. and so people are feeling more confident and yeah, you know, not too worried about it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, easy, easy peasy lemon squeezy. That's what How I you say. Doing, I'm good, man. You I look really. What did you say? You look good. I look good. Thank yeah. you. That warms my heart. That yeah. makes me it so was happy. Nice of you to bring a long sleeve shirt into the hot box. It, it oh, really man. was, man. I wasn't thinking today. And I was just, box. I was just trying to represent Vans. <laughs> Sorry, that's the wrong word. No, I like it, man. I like it. <laughs> you know what that is? I, well, yeah, but I mean, it just depends. How I you wish, use it. man. Well, I guess from another, from a tobacco standpoint, not so much a. Wacky, wacky tobacco. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's a, actually what no, do you mean about wacky tobacco. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's wacky tobacco? There was a there was a Is Bible like study flavored tobacco. Uh, yeah, it's it's those it's those grape those like those fun sized grape ones. It. Yeah, <laughs> uh, there was a time I love situations like that. There was a time where my mom was leading a Bible study and they were uh, talking about promises of God and 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 sealing of those things. And so circumcision got brought up. And, uh, and everybody's like, ha 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 making jokes about circumcision. And this girl's laughing along and she goes, what? <laughs> She's like, this 13 year old eighth grade mom goes, Oh, oof. well, your parents about to pick you up. It's a conversation for the way home. <laughs> mom was like, not even going to touch it. What's, what is mom, it? What's circumcision? Hey, we can talk about it later. Okay. <laughs> if you cut off a little bit, cut it all. I'm just <laughs> Is that how Paul said? Is that what you're going to sing at kids camp? <laughs> I can write a song about that. For if you're going to cut off a little, go it ahead off. and take off the whole thing. Whole thing. <laughs> you just have like these mascots used jumping to around. Sing real deep. I mean, we always want to sing scripture. So it is in the scripture. It's biblical. It's CCM. It's Christian music. Uh, speaking of acronyms, we're going to sneak on over to the PCC. We're going to Pierce's Culture Corner. Nice. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the corner. So this isn't so I much like a, that. What? You've been saying that the last few times, and I like it. Welcome to the corner. Welcome to the corner. Anyway, um, go ahead. Sorry. Welcome to the hot box corner. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, so this isn't so much a commentary as much. Actually, it is. Yeah, I'll say that. It's a commentary. Uh, <laughs> it's is, not. This is, is not, but it is. So with the way that uh, social media has progressed over the years, I mean, uh, I think all three of us had a MySpace, right? Yeah, did, that's did, how you, my did, you did you say had or have? Had. Because I have one still. I guess I still have yeah. one, yeah. my I need to look it up. Yeah, I logged into it a couple years ago trying to find some old band what? pictures. What, you can still log into it? Yeah, yeah. Justin Timberlake bought it years ago. I don't know if he still has it, but he bought it and was going to try to do some stuff with it. But yeah, so you can still log into your old account if you can if you can figure it out. You can print out the original messages that you From and Michelle. Michelle and I, yeah, that'd yeah. be dope. That'd be hilarious. I met my so, wife on MySpace. Yeah, so. it's a good time. So yeah, online dating, it works. It did. It did. Yeah. Not anymore. <laughs> just, just then. Uh, so anyway, MySpace, there was a lot that we learned from MySpace. I mean, culturally speaking, and then as individuals as well, you got your wife. Uh, for, <laughs> for, for me, there was so many like good bands that came from the MySpace days. It was yeah. because there, what's up? I was just like, do you remember how much like you would think about your music on your landing page? So oh, yeah. People, you'd, you'd have to like pick your song. I need this song that represents me yeah. today. Yeah, exactly. I miss uh, my space. It was a good time, oh, man. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. They The 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 one tipping stone was the, uh, is that the right word? Yeah. Uh, tipping, sure, I t- guess. The, Keep the, going. The, the tipping s- point. The stone that broke the camel's <laughs> cried over milk. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Uh, 
was whenever they put restrictions on customization for bands oh, because yeah. bands weren't buying yeah. weren't buying domains for websites. They no. were just using MySpace. Yep. And then MySpace put all these restrictions on it because MySpace was trying to be like Facebook where it was just one mm -hmm. typical layout and every band left like that week. Mm -hmm. And we actually were paying a guy out of... Uh, out of California, he designed our full page and he wrote all the code for it, did all the graphic design for it and we were going to launch it and then he texted us, he was like, I'm not going to charge you guys because this is what happened today and he like sent us the article and he was like, I can do some stuff with, with what they're doing now he said, but I won't charge it. We still gave him like, I think like half of the payment or whatever, because we couldn't do anything with it. But, but it, it, we were so excited because we could, we could put our Twitter on there. We could do all this customization, all these things. And because of the customization that people could do, bands would put so much effort into their MySpace. Mm -hmm. So I was exposed to all this good music all the time. And it wasn't as hard to find it necessarily. But now we live in a world where everything and even including streaming services everything is a social network like spotify is a social network or sure. it's, and then same thing with with instagram and facebook and all these things like we're, we're exposed to all of these different medias kind of all the time and now it's the pool is so big and so wide that while the access is still there i just feel a lot of times that i'm just in an abyss trying to find mm -hmm. new music and find new things what's great about spotify is like the discover weekly and yeah. the release radar and those well, things sometimes but exactly and that's the thing too is that recently like because i because i'm using my spotify for my daughter uh i have <laughs> oh, i have things like silent planet popping up with elmo and, yeah <laughs> and they're coming on the same playlist that's so funny. yeah so the uh so this a few weeks ago maybe two weeks ago now uh with you guys listening to this there was this was the uh the release of the second zombie ep by the devil wears prada zombie ep2 and the first one came out and it was such a it was so dope to have a concept EP that was that well produced that was from a heavy band like the Devil Wears Prada and hearing kind of hearing that and then hearing like I brought up Silent Planet a second ago they teamed up with another band called Fit for a King these are bands that were from the days when I was playing music that are releasing new music now that I'm like oh yes I miss discovering new music like it's hitting me again I'm just like I want to hear more things and this is like what's like I'm thankful for the algorithm because they're like oh yeah this guy liked this band a while back let's actually kind of mm -hmm. feed him some of that again and I'm so stoked on it so all this to say the reason why I said it isn't a commentary is I'm actually going to tag on a request for you guys watching and listening I have I have the bug to kind and I go back and listen to some of that music again. But I want to hear it from a new perspective. For so long, it was so cookie cutter. People realized that if you said you were a Christian heavy band, you can get signed by any label and get thrown on any tour and you were just some cookie cutter band. And there's so many people that have come out and they've said like, yeah, we just we were just that personality and we just wrote that music because it made money. That's yeah. what we wanted to do. They were sellouts. But like, doesn't even have to necessarily be Christian, but that to say like, I just, I want to listen to good heavy music again that's original, that's creative. Mm. And I know you guys can help point me in the right direction. Suggest stuff, please. Like I said, I'm listening to Silent Planet, Fit for a King, Dead Wars, Prada, those types of bands right now. And I just want to hear more. If you want to know more about my taste, I can talk more about it all the time. But really what broke me into it was bands like The Chariot and As Cities Burn. So just that raw passion that's also very genuine. And because the music got so cookie cutter for so long, that was stripped away from it. It was just, I can kind of make a raspy noise with my voice. So that's what I'll do. And it wasn't, there wasn't the passion behind it and the drive behind it. That's what I want. There was a band called, uh, oh no, I just lost Dealer. Dealer released an EP last year. Vane released an EP last year. Those bands probably don't mean much to you guys, but I, I know of two of the people that you've talked about. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> just because I've heard you mention them before. It's true, yeah. <laughs> two of the bands. Uh, so yeah, so that gives you a little bit of an idea of where I am taste-wise. So share with me. And if you don't listen to it, if you want to know more, let's just talk about it. I, like I said, I got the itch. And this yeah, summer is going to be a lot of loud music with windows down. you are. It could be. I'm, I'm itchy all over the place. Um, I wish I was Winnie the Pooh in it right now where I was just like bottom down, just completely aired out. But wow. I, I, I respect... <laughs> <laughs> Steven's furniture Ooh. too much. <laughs> File an insurance claim. That's right. <laughs> Winnie the poo poo. <laughs> Winnie the poo poo. You were Winnie the pooing it. The pooing it. There was a cookbook at Hastings that, like that was a Winnie the Pooh cookbook, and it was called Cooking with Pooh. <laughs> not lying like that was the like that went through a team of people uh, not said, a good choice this, this is a good idea to put on bookshelves well, why not why not you know why not you know cooking with Winnie you know <laughs> wow cooking, cooking with, with poo, poo. <laughs> or the hundred acre cookbook like literally anything you could do with that I but know, they went with cooking right. with poo <laughs> yeah I wish I would have bought it when I saw it because it, it would out? I, I mean it did probably for those, for those reasons um so yeah, send me music, guys. I want to know about it. I, I can't I wanna... wait to see your transition. Of what? <laughs> right <now>. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Speaking um, of poo-poo. It would be, poo. man, if I went to my inbox and saw just a 
just filled with good music, you know, that would be good news to my soul. <laughs> okay, okay. And uh, <laughs> and you know what? It's good news roughly translates to to the word gospel. And I'm not talking about choirs here. Did you say good news? Gold good uh, news. Dr. Pepper. The gospel of Dr. Pepper. Mm. Clink. But, <laughs> let's try it again. <laughs> it's such a such a pansy sound. It's so pathetic. <laughs> We need to like buy some incredible microphones and just put like them all around it and then just, yeah, it's crash them as fast as possible. But anyway, good news, the gospels, the gospels, wait a minute, that's kind of what we're talking about today, isn't it? <laughs> hey, look at, look at that. <laughs> look at that. It, isn't that convenient? Every time we talk about stuff, it always just naturally. You know what? That's a great idea. It, yeah, we should talk about that. <laughs> we're going to talk about Johan Julian. Um, listen, um. We are going to talk about the Gospels and what we're going to talk about specifically. We talk about the Gospel, the message of Christ, a lot on this podcast because we hold that life centered around the Gospel message of Jesus Christ is the only way to do life, the mm-hmm. only pursuit. Yeah. Uh, but when we're talking about the Gospels today, it's kind of a, a follow-up from our one two weeks ago at the end of May about understanding the prophets. We want to understand Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, the, these books that are at the forefront of the New Testament and at the core of probably what most of us grew up around learning mm. and, and teaching. But about. Ryan, Ryan, <laughs> weren't the Gospels written written to, uh, I completely typoed this question out, uh, written to give us, excuse me, I didn't, I'm thinking of this question off the top of my head. Yeah, I, didn't, yeah, yeah, I yeah. didn't type it wrong. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. no, I thought it was right off the top of my head. It's there's no, there's coming... no script. There we go. Uh, but Ryan, weren't the Gospels written to give us the basics of Christian living? <laughs> so... <laughs> Well, actually, Pierce. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, so for the well, actually, I got to say this first. <laughs> There's about four things I want going through my head right now. Uh, well, actually, Pierce, the Gospels were not written to teach us about Christian living, but were written as an account of what Christ did in his in his public ministry up on the earth and uh, highlighting, culminating in his death and his resurrection as a means for salvation. And so it's, it, is, it is really a presentation of who Christ is. And, you know, Pierce, you, you flubbed up that, that question pretty Whoa. good uh, for, uh, <laughs> for, for a guy who just made that up off the top of your head. Uh, we, I've never heard one. flubbed before, but I'll tell you what, I love that word now. <laughs> nice. You flubber. <laughs> flubber something else. <laughs> but, uh, but is it we, the well stuff? Yeah, no, flubbed it up again. <laughs> flubber. The, the, the son of flubber or flubber were the old, very old Disney movies, black and white, that were done again oh, with Robin yes. Williams. With Robin Williams, yeah. Okay. Who's dead? Yeah, like our dads. Like our dads. <laughs> yeah. Full circle. We're back, <laughs> back to the gospel. <laughs> uh, so, y'all want to s- start this over? Yeah, just, <laughs> just go back to the beginning of that. So, we're flubbing y- it up anyway. over here. <laughs> All right, ready? New what, start. Here we go. What, what's, <laughs> yay, welcome to yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Glad you're here. You know, uh, th- there are exactly two things scripted about every episode. Two. <laughs> <laughs> Two things. Yeah, no, totally screwed it up. <laughs> the, the, the topic, which today is understanding the gospels. Nice. <laughs> and then and then a question. For Pierce to ask me, there are two things scripted, <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and you I'm, flubbed it up. Man. <laughs> I flubbed it up. Just call but, me uh, Mister Flubber. Hey, I'm listen, flubbing. Let's let's just cut straight to the quick because we've been we've been talking. Uh, uh, or cut to the chase. Both of those are really mm. interesting. Cut to the quick is like your fingernail. You know, it's cutting deep. But mm. cutting to the chase is this idea that the movie's kind of boring, and, and you want to cut to the chase scene. Yeah, yeah. And, and and so we want to cut deep, and we want to cut to the chase scene, right to the action. And and when we are understanding the gospels, uh, my entire life, and I will say uh, to those of you listening, and to those of you who who knew me as a pastor prior to 2015, um, I will tell you that I probably like taught you the gospels wrong. You flubbed it. Yeah, I did. With with the exception of those things about the cross and the resurrection. Like those yeah, yeah, things yeah. have been consistent throughout. But but I, I taught the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, as models for Christian living. Mm-hmm. Um and and I, I don't think that they mean that anymore. I don't think that that's what they're about. 
um, for a couple of reasons. Jesus's primary audience in all of these, uh, I, I know that, and I hope that some of you, your mind right now is going to the Sermon on the Mount. Well, Ryan, what about Sermon on the Mount? Aren't these things to us about how to live? This is Jesus at the very beginning of his ministry. He's uh, he's a couple of months into his public ministry. He has just been thrown out of a synagogue for proclaiming that the gospel is also for the Gentiles. Uh, some people took him to a brow of a hill to throw him off, to kill him. He comes through the crowd, comes to another place, gathers people around him on the hillside, and he speaks to them, and he is speaking to Jews. Mm-hmm. And he is explaining to them in Matthew 5, 6, and 7 specifically that that their standard of the law cannot satisfy God's requirements. And it, and I, I, I'm just angry at myself because Matthew 5, 48 says, uh, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. And I used to preach that, that like what God wants from you is to be perfect as he is perfect. And and that's not the gospel message. And that that's not the truth of the Christian life. What God wants us to do is to uh, to die to self and rest in mm-hmm. him and let the Holy Spirit work in us. Yeah. Like, that's the truth. That's what Paul talks about. But, but it, if you take Matthew 5 and culminating in verse 48, be perfect as God is perfect. If you take this as as Christ's instructions to Christians, you're left with that. God mm. wants you to be perfect just like yeah. he is. However, if you take this as Jesus talking to Jews who believe they're perfect because they're holding to the letter of the law, then he is showing them, look, you've heard that it was said, don't commit adultery. But I say, if you've looked at a woman with lust, you've already committed adultery. So what he's doing is he is altering their perception of the law in order to make them sinners, in order to make them guilty in their own estimation. And he is saying to them, if, you, if you're going to, to try to please God according to the law, you have to do it perfectly, mm-hmm. which is really what he's saying in Matthew 5, 48. It's a, it's a James 2 reference that if you break any part of the law, you've broken the whole thing, that, that there's this concept and that, uh, that righteousness through the law, that it's not happening, that no one's doing it. Chapter six of the Sermon on the Mount, he uses the Pharisees who are not Christians. And I cannot overstate that. Like these are mm-hmm. not Christians. Um, all my life, I, I was taught, I, I don't know that I ever taught this. I may have. If I did, I apologize to you because I was wrong. But I, I remember being taught that Pharisees are examples of bad Christians. Mm-hmm. But Pharisees did not put their faith in Christ. Yeah. I mean, a few did, but as a whole, as a group, the Pharisees did not put their faith in Christ. They ultimately sought to have him put to death and put him to death. Mm-hmm. And 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 yet the Pharisees in, in the first century Israel were considered the pinnacle of righteousness. And in chapter six of Matthew, Jesus is breaking down all of their righteousness and saying that they're not righteous. Mm-hmm. They are not in fact righteous. And then all of chapter seven, I, I love how, how he starts with, uh, he talks about removing the plank from your own eye before mm-hmm. you remove the speck from your brother's eye. This is the Pharisees who believe that they are righteous uh, looking at the other Jews who they believe are unrighteous. And he's he's condemning the Pharisees and say, look, you need to remove the log from your own eye before you remove the speck from your brother's eye. And, and then Jesus says, ask, seek, and knock, which is brilliant because what he's, what he's doing is he's anticipating the question in this crowd, if we can't be righteous, if we're actually lawbreakers, if we can't be perfect like God wants us to be perfect, if the righteousness, the so-called righteousness of the Pharisees isn't righteousness, then what are we left with? Where do we get righteousness? And he gives them the answer, ask, seek, and knock, and it'll be given to you. Mm-hmm. Believe. And, and and that's where he tells them in in, in Matthew 7, uh, 12 and 13 or 13 and 14. I don't remember which, but he, he says, enter through the narrow gate. Like, and then he tells them later, believe me, like trust in me, hear my words and receive my words. And, and so this is an invitation to Jews to believe in him. Yeah. This is not a prescription for Christian living. And where we get hung up, let me just say this and then I'll throw it to you guys. But where we get hung up is in the 21st century and in the late 20th century where we were growing up in church, uh, people would say stuff like, we are disciples of Christ. They'd use that language and rightly so. It's a fine thing to say. Um, But but in, in the Bible, disciple doesn't mean Christian. Mm-hmm. In the 20, late 20th and early 21st century so far, the word disciple, the way we use it in our churches, means Christian. Mm-hmm. But in, in first century Israel, disciple literally meant student. Yeah. Mm-hmm. John the Baptist had disciples. The Pharisees had disciples. The Sadducees had disciples. Uh, Jesus had disciples. And some of the disciples that followed Jesus quit following Jesus. In fact, almost all of them who were following Jesus quit following Jesus. Yeah. This isn't people who became saved and then became unsaved or whatever. These It, it literally are people who are following him. Mm-hmm. So when we read the gospels as Jesus taught to his disciples and we interpret that as Jesus taught to Christians, yeah. It changes how we read the text, and it and it now becomes a Christian behavioral text 
yeah. instead of what it really was, mm-hmm. Jesus appealing to the Jews to mm-hmm. believe in him as God. Yeah, so where do you think that came from? Like, when did that start, <laughs> you think? Uh, um, I, I think we are, we are self-centered people who like to put ourselves at the core mm-hmm. of, of everything, everything we believe. Yeah. Yeah, and what's what's interesting too is is this a lot of it goes back to understanding the prophets what we talked about about how we're forcing ourselves into a narrative that we're not in. We're not in, yeah. And what's I there's a little bit in my mind of giving leeway to people here because it includes Jesus even though it's not necessarily a different mindset. It's like, well, G- I have to take it this Jesus said this. The yeah. words are red. I like know. Jesus said this, I have to take it into account. Um but I think again <clears throat> Excuse me. It goes back to this simpler and more beautiful mindset of of what is Christ accomplishing with Bless his ministry. Coffee, yeah, no, sorry. Um, what is Jesus accomplishing here and now in the midst of his ministry? There, there's there is an there's an intentionality behind what he is doing. Yeah, what he's doing is he didn't he, Christ didn't say I have thirty years to give uh, to give the theology for everyone in all time and space. Right. What he did was very no know, knowing the right time to come down, knowing the right time to, to, to execute this plan of salvation. He taught in such a way to reveal the character of God, to reveal who he is. Same. I mean, it's the way that John talks about him at, at the end of the book of John or the gospel of John, where, um, John says, man, if I were to write everything Jesus did, there's not enough ink in the yeah. world. Or I, I, I can never, I can not never, books, yeah. yeah, I could sure. never write down. I can never have enough paper, never have enough ink. I couldn't write down everything Jesus did, but that's not the point. Right. The point is to show you that Jesus through his life and through his actions, through his death and resurrection, he showed himself to be the promised Messiah. Yes. And now seek after him and put your faith in him. That The point of the gospels wasn't to give this a complete, a complete historical narrative, but to rather to show Jesus for who he is. Right. Um, and now when we walk with him, we're given the spirit. So there's a lot of things too that like, it's not, a, it's not a complete, it's not complete theology either. Yeah. Um, it is, it is, it is truth about who God is for sure. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't diminish the truth, but it's not all truth in everything that Christ did because the Holy we'll Spirit. restate was, that. Like it, it was truth in all the things that Christ did. It, you're talking about the like specifics for us. Mm-hmm. Right. I apologize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You, you could probably clear that up better for, for me. What you uh, meant was like, <clears throat> when we read them as modern day believers, um, when Jesus says something like in the Sermon on the Mount, um, turn the other cheek, for example. Yeah. That's not instruction. Obviously there's people who would debate this. What we feel like is contextually, you'd have a hard time saying that is instruction to Christians to turn the other cheek because right. really yeah. what it's about is showing the Jews that I'm the Messiah and you can't gain righteousness by your perspective of what you're gaining yeah, right. in by obedience to what you think is the law. He's saying your your perspective is if I'm this good, I'm gonna make it. And yeah. Jesus is saying the standards actually up here. Way higher, you yeah. say you should not commit adultery. I'm telling you, even if you look at a girl the wrong way, you've committed adultery. You've it's broken the law. It's a standard you can't yeah, uphold. Yeah. I think I think uh one of the best um one of the best, yeah, one of the best examples of the shift. And thinking for me was, um, was the wedding at Cana. Yes. And my dad was I'm so excited when he called me. I may have already talked about this in the podcast, but it's been long mm-hmm. enough. I'll it's be, been a while. Yeah. I'll do it. Um, he was in, he was in Israel or he was in, in, in Cana. And, uh, I didn't know this until he was there. He said that uh, the area of Cana was like a wine territory, kind of like Napa Valley. Is it Napa mm-hmm. Valley? Yeah. Yeah. In, in California. So they're known for their wine and known for their good wine. It's also an area that worships the God Bacchus which is known as the God of wine. And uh, he was walking through one of the houses in Cana and the floor had like a tile mosaic depiction of the God Bacchus. Mm. And so this is an area where they're known for their wine, good wine, and they're known for worshiping the God of wine. And so what is Jesus? The story of the of the wedding at Cana, it's so funny because um, growing up in the denomination I grew up in I, and doing camps mostly from that denomination, you hear people talk about the wedding at Cana and what they first go to is, like the morality of the alcohol right. when Jesus turns the water into wine. Like mm-hmm. that's what that's what it becomes is a yeah, conversation about alcohol. Point. And it was so genius. And my dad, when my dad noticed this, he said, it, my dad said, it made me realize that the story of the wedding in Cana is about Jesus proclaiming himself as God. What he's saying right. to the people is, you worship the God of wine. He makes really good wine. I make better wine. Yeah. So what mm-hmm. is Jesus saying? I crushed your God. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm it, God. It, he's not. It's like the 10 plagues in Egypt. Each, each intended to demoralize a the so-called God of Egypt. Of Egypt. Yeah. yeah. And God proving himself. 
to be God. You know, like I, I think one of the things that we miss is um, the gospel writers. That's a really interesting topic we can talk about another time, but the gospel writers that we will call Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John for the sake of the rest of this podcast, um, they didn't write the gospels until years after Christ. Yeah. And a lot of people go, well, that, that makes it suspect. I, I think what we forget is they really expected Jesus to be back any day. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so they're going around talking about this and they're telling people what Jesus had done. This is their testimony that they are bearing in front of people. And then they're realizing, oh, crud, we're about to die. Yeah. We, need to, we need to do a record of this. And the gospel of Matthew, Mark, and Luke are all from a Jewish kind of perspective. And the gospel of John is from a, a, a Gentile kind of perspective. Mm-hmm. And Matthew, Mark, and Luke all have a very similar kind of feel. John emphasizes abundantly that Jesus is the real God. Um, and he shifts it a little bit in his language because it's meant to be a testimony of who God is, who Jesus is, to the Gentile peoples mm-hmm. who who come from pagan cultures and stuff. And and it's it's so fascinating that if if we will remember that that was the intent of the Gospels was yeah. to to let people know who Jesus was and what he had done and that salvation is found in him, it shifts a lot for us. Yeah. For us, and it, and it ticks me off that I didn't catch this earlier, um, but— Like earlier in life? Yeah. Yeah, that that it took me until 2015 when I was preaching through Matthew and I came to you guys and I was like, uh, <laughs> I have some problems with yeah. how I'm about to preach this. And uh, I bounced it off of you guys and you guys, we talked about it. And anyway, um, this has been something now we've been looking at for six years specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but what bothers me that I never caught is, uh, you know, we, we look at like Peter, right? And we look at Andrew and we look at James and we look at John who are walking around with Jesus for these few years but none of them are what we would call Christians uh, in, in the course of the gospel accounts. Mm-hmm. And, and none of them, I, I, I don't even feel like we can say that they're people of faith yet. And yeah. here's why. Uh, we talked about this back in April with the resurrection sermon that I preached, um, that, that the disciples did not expect Jesus to be raised from the dead. Mm. And when he, was, when he was crucified, they were grief-stricken. And when they had gone a few days and he, the tomb was empty, they didn't, they didn't celebrate that he'd been raised from the dead. They're still going, what the heck does this mean? Yeah. And the two guys in Luke 24 on the road to Emmaus that Jesus is walking with and he disguises himself so they don't recognize him. They're like, man, we, we thought this guy was going to be the Messiah. We thought he was going to be the Redeemer and he died, you know, and now his body's gone and we don't know. The, these are people who walked with Jesus who had not yet been given the spirit, who had not yet come to the place where they were, the, their eyes were opened to understand who Jesus was. Mm-hmm. And, and so how, how do we say that Jesus's instruction to them is instruction to people of faith when these aren't even people of faith until Acts 1, really, mm-hmm. or, or at least the very, 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 very end of each gospel book. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, this is, this is Jesus appealing to a Jewish audience, including the disciples, mm-hmm. yeah. and saying, I am the means by which salvation comes. Yeah, and I think there's a lot that he teaches them that is specifically for the purpose of what they're going to carry out. For sure. You know what I mean? So 100%. Like, so I don't, just to clear up, I don't think what you're saying is there's nothing to glean from that. I think no what way, you're no saying way. is the direct audience is not us. Right. So we need to understand it in the context that it's written. So when he's teaching them... Uh, like when he when he speaks in parables, right? Um, so that no one will understand, right. and then he explains the parable to the disciples. There's an essence where he's he's teaching them, he's equipping them for sure. Yeah, what they're how how they're supposed to go about things. So we can glean from that. Yeah, we can learn from that. Um, we we would just have a hard time saying that the purpose of that was directly for us now. So yeah. just to be clear, we, there's so much in the Gospels for us to learn. Yes, to glean from. Yep. Um, and it's so rich in its story of mm-hmm. Jesus. Yes. Um, with a caveat being, we got to see it in the context that it's right, written. Absolutely. Otherwise it gets really, what you end up with, you didn't say it, uh, this is kind of where you were going with that. I think is where you end up with, if you put us at the core of the gospel, like it's a, if, if it's a message to Christians, what we end up with is a law-based Christianity. Right. And then you, get to the, then you get to the book of Romans and you'd be destroyed because yeah. Paul just destroys that completely. And so I think that's, that's the danger of putting ourselves in the middle of that. Yeah. How do you read Matthew five, six, and seven and not set up a standard of law? Yeah, you can't. Yeah. You, you would have to, yeah. like righteousness would have to be through a moralistic code. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and or that, there would, or there, you'd have to make a case that there's somehow like levels of righteousness yeah, and, within Christianity. And what, like you said with Romans, what, what the heck then do we do with, with Galatians? 
You know, Galatians 3, Galatians 5, having started by the Spirit, are you now seeking to be made perfect by the works of the flesh, by your own works? The, the other thing uh, that's here— the, That's the cut it all off thing. Yeah, right. Yeah. If yeah. circumcision is that big of a deal, yeah. you cut the whole if, thing off. If doing a little bit of the law works, then let's do it to its, the nth degree. But, but you know, Michael, what you're saying, there is a lot to glean from it. And and I think what we, what we do is we go to the Gospels looking for the moral code and the moral standard, and we miss— Mm. That the biggest part of the gospel is the revelation of Jesus. Absolutely. And why? Here's a question: Why is that not enough? Right? Why not? Like why? Why, why is in that? The heck is why Jesus is that not, not enough? enough? Like we're we're looking so hard for something to like make ourselves feel better about our life. And why is it not enough to say I was sinful and couldn't do anything about it? And this yeah. great account in these four books tell me that that is fixed through Jesus, and my life now rests in. Like why is that not enough? Yeah. I mean, this is this is. It really is. Um, there's a shift in Acts in the book of Acts. Mm-hmm. Genesis through the end of the Gospels is the redemptive story. Mm-hmm. And each of the Gospels ends with the death and the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus because the redemptive story, the, the work is now complete. Jesus on the cross says, it is finished. Yeah. And, and so we really almost, you could almost look, it, it, we really ought to, we ought to separate the Bible from the Old and New Testament. We ought to separate it between Luke and Acts. Sorry, mm. Matthew, Mark, John and Acts. So like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John should be part of the Old Testament because it's the, yeah, it's the of punctuation yeah. of the story. Yeah. And then with that reality being true, this is who God is. This is what Jesus has done. Acts forward then is, yeah. is what we look like and yeah, yeah, yeah. where our hope is and where yeah. our confidence is and our unity as a body. And, and, and what we've done, because we put Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John at the beginning of the New Testament, is we think it's the beginning of Christian instruction Yeah. instead well, of the, the— I think that, that then—I think we would—I think the, the, the point is we got to look at the Bible in the context that it was written. 100%. You know what I mean? Because there's some debate on the book of Hebrews as to who it's written to, so I don't know if I would put Hebrews in that category. True. So, like, I think that it's fine— to say that the New Testament begins with Matthew because it's yeah. like the beginning of the it's the beginning of what we're going to call the new covenant right which I think then you could say this is Matthew to Revelation this is yeah. within the new covenant like when well, Jesus and, came he's basically saying the kingdom's come yeah. I'm here the kingdom's coming as well but like I'm I'm and the reason I'm Matthew here. Mark Luke and John historically are part of the New Testament is because the Old Testament was canonized yeah um Already, yeah. The Old Testament had already been solidified none, none in three sixty seven. None of the Jews yeah. would accept the Gospels as part of their. So there's right. some nuances yeah, yeah. of that too. Yeah. But I, I, what you're saying is correct, though. Like what we tend to do is we tend to say, you know, when Matthew begins, this is the Christian part of the Bible. Yeah, and that's 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 the problem is not categorizing books, but but not letting the books dictate the context. Yes, for how you understand yeah, them. Absolutely. Yeah, you can't put filters on the Bible. You have to let no. the Bible create the filters. No, yeah, there's no filter. You have to let the Bible be the filters. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I remember the first time that I had been ever confronted with that mentality of like Old Testament versus New Testament. We were playing a show somewhere, and uh, I brought up music a lot in this episode. We were playing a show somewhere, and this guy was like, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm a New Testament Christian. Oh, yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, it usually means that usually people, when they say that, they're talking about a specific denomination. That's what I thought. I asked him, and he was like, Yeah, I just read through the Bible and I decided I didn't want to believe oh. in, in the God of the Old Testament. He's too mean. I'm going to believe in the God oh, of the New Testament. making a distinction. That, so that's, the that's two. what he, he read Revelation? Like, yeah, for real. Yeah. He was like, he was like, So I just found a group of people and we worshiped together this way. Then he goes, Anyway, man, I'm going to go smoke a bowl. You want to join me? <laughs> that's how that conversation <laughs> well, ended. Was it in April? Uh, I wish, man. That'd be good. Time. Uh, but, but it's. It was just through that conversation. I talked to the guy later that that night about it, and we just talked about how much, like, how much the gospels have weight yeah. because of everything you just said. Like, it it is is the culmination of this story. Like, yeah. the reason why we we have this weight of the gospels is because it's been being prepped and being pointed to for so long, and now Jesus is the the the, the, the climax of this story, yeah. and everything that he has done has accomplished what God has promised for so long. And so, if you ignore the Old Testament. This is this just is some crazy guy. <laughs> like yeah. we we don't have any weight to attach to him, but yet God has been proclaiming him since the beginning. Yeah. Um and yeah, there's there's so much weight behind it. So to understand the context of it gives the proper weight to it and we're not interjecting ourselves just like what we talked about with the prophets. We're not interjecting ourselves into a narrative, but rather we're saying how has Christ revealed himself to these people? Right. How, what does this mean about Christ uh, about who Christ is, about his character? And what does it mean about what he's accomplished? And this this, this is a this is a Jewish man going into uh going into to the interacting Jews first, yeah, going because going the Bible to the says Jews that's first. How it's supposed to happen. Exactly, and yeah. interacting with Jews, and so yeah. what is interesting too is that a lot of 
people, um, a lot of people, when they're first starting to read the Bible and they have no guidance, uh, nobody guiding them, they'll either start with Genesis 1 1 or they'll start with Matthew 1 and they have no idea what's happening. Yeah. And what's funny is because we live in a culture that for that people think I got to find myself in here, they're starting at Matthew 1 1 and they're reading the genealogy of Jesus and they're like, okay, well, God, I guess I guess I know this is about Jesus. And then they're jumping into these stories like, oh, okay, cool. Well, this is what this has got to mean, yeah. mean for me. It's, and then they start flipping around and just pointing at random verses and saying, this is what it means for me. Instead of looking at the standpoint of like, I want to know more about what about Jesus' ministry. Yeah. I want to know more about know more about who he is. What he I've, did. I've what come to know him. Yeah. I know what he's promised. And I know who he's made me to be. How did he accomplish those things? And what right. does that look like? And in the midst of that, just like we said about the prophets, there's great things to glean from that. There's right. there's such beautiful things. Oh, there's to glean so from many it. things in the gospels that I think are like if we're talking about it from the the perspective of of preaching, like I love there's it. There's so much to preach from the gospels. Yeah. I think yeah. it just needs it. to be confined to the context of how you know and so i think that well like even like john four when he's talking to the woman at the well and he's speaking of worship yeah it's that's not negated because of the context it was in like this is a a universal truth you know what i mean but but the point this is going back to what you're saying earlier the point of that section is not worship the point of that section is he's saying i am the one you've been waiting right because she says our people, she's a Samaritan, and she says our people say we're supposed to worship on this mountain. You people, you Jews, say you're supposed to worship on that mountain, which is right. Yeah. And he says, no, like yeah. it's neither that mountain nor this mountain. It's me. And, and you know what? Exactly. I, yeah. I, I teach that section a lot, and it's it's the the crux of the sermon is is often for me how Jesus deals with the woman, how he constantly goes back yeah. to the revelation of himself as the Messiah. Yeah. So here's a woman who is concerned about. Um, about her sin to some degree yep. because she's not coming out with the other women. He interacts with her. Like that's something we can glean. Here's how Jesus mm-hmm. interacted with people yep. that were considered dirty in their culture. Been married five yeah. times. Yeah. With her or fifth, with sixth, guys. He didn't yeah. even say married, you know, the, the, or does he say, yeah, married? she's had five husbands. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Living so with now living with yeah. Yeah. So, so he answers her sin with, I'm the living water. Come drink of me. Yeah. Then she asks him a question of religion. He answers a question of religion by saying, I'm the one. Yeah, so like, yeah. this is, there's a, there's so much to glean from that. This yeah. is how Jesus shared the gospel with people. Yes. Here's a great way to do it. That's not taking out of context that this is yeah. about me. You know yeah. what I mean? There's just so much in the gospel. Well, and, and yeah, I, I, there, there will never be a time we don't preach and teach from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Mm-hmm. We're just going to preach and teach it, aim to preach and teach it contextually correct. Absolutely. Yeah. It, what's interesting, if if you grew up in a background, uh, evangelical, Protestant kind of background like we did, um, this this may be one of more, the more difficult podcasts for you because you might, you know, like you might be feeling like we're robbing you of, of something you've held dear in Matthew, Mark, uh, and that's actually That would be for Roman Catholics as well. Yeah. Um, but what's interesting is so Christianity in general. <laughs> uh, I, I have one sure. friend, uh, a really good friend named Jed. We've been friends for 22 years almost. Uh, well, in like two months, we've been friends for 22 years. And um, who remembers that stuff? Happy anniversary! Thank you. Yeah, September 1999. <laughs> so it's a good time. Yeah, that's a Miss Cook class. Miss Cook's class. Nice. <laughs> but uh, he grew up uh, in an Anglican Episcopal kind of background, and mm-hmm. um, and so he's my only friend that kind of came, grew up in a different background than I did, religiously yeah. speaking, you know? And so, so I called him up in December, sorry, not in December, in 2015 when we were discussing this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, I want to bounce some stuff off of you. And I told you guys, I'm going to, we had talked about it a little bit already. I was like, but I want to, I want to, because we had all, always said, if no one else is saying any of this stuff, then we got to throw it away. Like if this has never been yeah. talked about before, because we're not the smartest guys in the room. We're not the, you know, like we, we're not coming up with something new. Yeah, and and so I called my buddy Jed, and I was like, "Hey, I'm I'm beginning to think that the Gospels are written uh, about Jesus's interaction with the Jews, and not as instructions to the Christians." And he he laughed, and he goes, "Okay," <laughs> and, and I was like, "So like, what what do you think about that?" And he goes, "What what do you mean? Like, of course he's talking to the Jews and not Christians. Like, what else would it be?" And I said, well, like, kind of like this moral conduct kind of thing. And he was like, no, like, and basically just told me that's, that's dumb. So (laughs) his whole life, you know, he's just a year younger than me. His whole life, he had never heard, he had never heard what I was teaching, like Mm. from like, and so for from his perspective, it had, he had always had it framed as this is Jesus dealing with the Jews and showing them that he is the answer to the, the messianic prophecies and the text and the, the, the fulfillment of God's promises. And like, and Mm. it was so encouraging to me because. 
I was going, oh, okay. Well, that's that's basically all I wanted to talk about, you know. Like, uh, but he he was just like, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, you know. And and it was uh, uh, and as we've looked more into this, we've seen that there are a lot of people who share this perspective. Um, and and it, it we're not alone in it, which which is encouraging. Uh, but I, I think just to be fair to the text, it's it's it is really difficult. You you really have to do kind of like theological gymnastics to make it what Jesus is commanding Christians to do. And mm-hmm. like Micah, like you said, and I think even the more weighty point is that if this is Jesus giving instruction to Christians, you end up in law-based or works-based righteousness. Yeah. yeah. And we know that that's not the landing place. And even if it's not, even if someone doesn't say righteousness, you would say, you'd have to say some kind of like works-based um like perspective that God's mm-hmm. view of you is based on your works. Not Absolutely. talking about, not talking about like rewards or right. things like that, but just how God views you because your what, identity. Yeah. Your identity. Cause what Jesus is doing in the sermon on the Mount is, is comparing two different perspectives. And so like, if you were yeah. to say to Christians, if you don't turn the other cheek, um, you're wrong. I mean, there's so many problems with that. Like, did Jesus turn the other cheek when he was in the temple, turning the tables over? <laughs> Did uh, Paul turn the other cheek when the super apostles so-called that he... Well, know, was- here, here's an example. Uh, in chapter six, talking about giving, which we're going to argue is based off of the Jewish righteousness perspective. Like he's, mm-hmm. he's combating the false righteousness of the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. And he says, when you give, don't give like the Pharisees do. They love to be seen by everybody and they give with trumpets, but don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give what is done in secret. And then your father who sees what's in secret will reward you. So if we adopt that as a Christian practice, then no one else in the entire New Testament follows that practice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In, in Acts chapter four, all the believers brought anything they had in common, anything that anything extra they had, they dropped it down at the apostles' feet to be distributed amongst all the other people. Mm-hmm. In in Second uh, Corinthians chapter eight, Paul is bragging uh, to the to the Macedonian church about the generosity of the Corinthian church. In in Acts fourteen, um, Paul and Barnabas. Uh, go from Antioch down to Jerusalem with a big gift that they've gathered up for all the collection of the saints. Mm-hmm. Paul encourages other churches, you need to give money for the the benefit of the saints. Like it, everybody else knows what everybody else is doing. Yeah, it, it, It's because what Jesus was doing was addressing a Jewish practice. It's mm-hmm. their perspective of righteousness. Yeah. It's, he's not giving Christian instruction. No, no. He's combating this, this concept that, you know, probably the Pharisees who would stand and yeah. Let everybody know here's how much I'm giving. Yeah. I mean, he, he talks about that other places too. So yeah. it, it's it's funny that like you have to start with a filter, not contextually, but you have to add it to the text that this is about Christianity before yeah. you read it. Like if you just read it without any context, you would have a really hard time coming to the end of that without any other context going, this is about Christians. You wouldn't yeah. come to that. Yeah. So you have to start with a filter which is a very dangerous place to be. It's right. a slippery slope because you can do that. If you do that in the rest of the scripture, I mean, things just crumble. You have yeah. to, the word of God has to be the word of God and not the word of man. Right. Mm-hmm. We cannot come to the text with the filter. So Micah, you've said twice just now, that like you have to come to it with that filter. What you mean is to arrive at the conclusion that this is about Jesus talking to Christians, you have to have already come to it with a filter in place. Right? There's nothing yeah. in the Gospels that makes that statement. Right. Yeah. Not at all. There's lots of statements about Jesus. Yes. And <laughs> and and again, Micah, you, Pretty you, you said it beautifully. Like, why is that not enough? I know. Exactly. What why why do we think some moral code of behavior outweighs the revelation of God? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And like, if it's that weighty, why do none of the other New Testament writers talk about it? Right. Yeah, exactly. But they don't. No. So, I mean, there's, if, if you've got thoughts, maybe some of you are like, no, this is bullcrap, man. I got some thoughts. We'd love to hear them. We would. We're not, sure. we're not in a position where we wouldn't, you know, hear, hear that. Yeah. I, I'm just, and be interested to. Yeah, absolutely. It, I mean, it's. what you have to say. Yeah, it is something we've thought on and, and discussed. It's not a new conversation. We're for, not, for six we're not years. saying yeah, this exactly. as if we arrived at it yesterday. This yeah, is a and, conversation and, we've had for and, a while. And so. I think, yeah, we would all be willing to have conversations. I'll, I'll say it this way. There's some people who are very near to dear me, near, very near and dear to me, close <laughs> to my life in ministry that adamantly disagree with with us on this thing. Yeah, and, and that takes us back to a few episodes ago uh, about loving one another. 
and we can disagree with one another mm -hmm. because yeah. I listen, if you're going to come away from the text with a moralistic view of it, um, we're going to disagree with you on that. Um, because we, we think that Christ is the core of it, mm -hmm. but at, at the, at the end of it, mm. can we, can I clarify that? Yeah. This isn't about us thinking or not thinking. Right. We would disagree with you because we don't see that in the, in the context text. anywhere. Yeah. I like that better. The, the point being, those who are going to come away from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John with a moralistic perspective, and those of us who are coming away with Matt, from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John saying this is Jesus' interaction with the Jews, I think what we all share in common is the last few chapters where Jesus, who is God, dies, his blood is shed, he's yeah. put in the tomb, and he's raised from the dead. And so uh, we're okay disagreeing with you is what we're saying. Um, we do think that the perspective we have come to over the last few years is one that we've come to in, in in a removal of a previous filter that we've approached the yeah, scripture. Like I, it's it's a change. I think that that's that's crucial with with listeners and watchers with knowing who where we are is that we were once in that place. Yes. And I would say through this I'm not trying to toot anybody's own horn at all, but yeah, mm -hmm. uh through humility before God. Honestly, like if we we if we were so proud amongst ourselves to say we have it all together, we know everything, we're going to just keep moving forward, we wouldn't ever shift it and change it. Right. And and changed it and changed it. Changed it. And changed it at all. Um, but rather we we want to be shaped and molded. And so for you guys, like if you do legitimately end up at that place, we want we want to talk about it because we ended up in a different place, but if also, also really, really in, the, in these certain circumstances where you're being pushed and challenged and you don't want to shift, is it because you believe something your whole life or is it because you actually see it in the text and you right. see it, God proclaiming it a certain way? Because those are two very different mm -hmm. heartbeats and attitudes. Right. And so to, to, to really challenge you guys as well, again, if we agree upon the, the the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus and what he's accomplished, then we are brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah, if we sure. placed our faith in Jesus as the promised Messiah and, and we rest upon him and the righteousness that comes from him, we're brothers and sisters in Christ. That's not going to change our love for you or how we how we see each other in that in that regard. But as brothers and sisters in Christ, we will encourage you to lay yourself down as Christ has called you to. Yeah. And in humility, approach the scripture and humility, uh, approach each other and humility, approach the truth of who God is. And if you shift among that, there is no harm or foul in saying I was wrong. We've said that a lot on this podcast. We, we've been yeah. very wrong in the past. But does that taint our reputation? No, because our identity rests in Christ. Right. And if that's where we are, we can have these conversations and throw our pride away because it doesn't matter because, because that's how we view you if you're a brother and sister in Christ. That's how we view each other here at the Simpler Podcast. It's even how we view Stephen over there. Speaking <laughs> of Stephen. I think if, if you feel that tension, it's because you're not letting the scripture just be the scripture. Like exactly what we want it, what we want is conversations that are wrapped around the scripture. Yeah. Right. Now, which is why I think we can't say it's what we think. Yeah, you no, I, mean? yeah, like, I agree. I know that's not what you meant, but yeah. I think no, I just the as, clarification. A, as a like as a group of people who are seeking to know God, it cannot be about what we feel or think or our pride. Yeah. So if you feel that tension, if you feel like you're having to come to it in humility, it's probably not the gospels that are bothering you. It's probably your perspective of the scripture as a whole. Yeah. Like you need to say, no matter how I feel, I want to know the scriptures because this is the word of God. Mm -hmm. it, the moment you come in and say, oh, I feel a little bit like, like uh, defensive of my position. Um, That's problematic. It's problematic. Yeah. Like if, if, if we have a conversation in person about this later, one of you um, listening or watching right now, and you're like, I don't agree with you on the gospels because of this that's a good conversation for us to have. Yeah. yeah. If you feel tension in that conversation and defensiveness, it probably means that you're holding a position that is your position and not necessarily the scripture. What you're saying, Pierce is we're all okay with being wrong. Yeah. yeah. Like we just want to know what the it's Bible says. Us. No, yeah. Yeah. we don't care. We just want to know what the Bible says. But exactly. I think that, I think that for the sake of this, this episode, what's crucial is that we understand that the gospels are a revelation of Jesus, whether yes. you agree or not, that is not an instruction for how to do Christian living. We, I think we have to agree on that. Yeah. That yeah. This is a revelation of yep. the Messiah, Jesus and, Christ. And that has to take the first place yeah. when we're looking at the gospel. Absolutely. And that's the simpler way of looking at it. Yes. Exactly. Thank and you, because Chris. if we, yeah. And there's, especially with the gospels, because it's the places, that's the place where most people end up at their beginning points of Christianity or when they mm -hmm. first came to know Christ, that's where a lot of the life verses are going to come from and a lot yeah. of the uh, uh, certain ways that they might live their life or view their life, which like we said, there's, there's, there is so much truth there, but 
truth out of context isn't is no longer truth. It's you're, right. you're misunderstanding what's going yeah. on there. Um, and so, yeah. So the simpler way of looking at it, look at it as a revelation of who Christ is, and uh, and glean from that. And and gosh, just. Yeah, grow in that. It's awesome. It's really great just to sit back and relax and, like, <laughs> and not make everything so complicated. Yeah. Make it simpler on yourself. So if you guys don't have anything else to add, uh, good. we can jump over to a simpler hack. Micah? Yeah, I actually like to talk. The last few ones have been like not necessarily hacks, but just kind of like. Um, Buy a Mac. Yeah, that was the best <laughs> one ever. That was a hack. Save you money. That was a hack. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd like to talk about phones actually. Okay. Um, and how dirty your phone gets. I am there's a lot of there's a lot of cleaning stuff for phones, but something that I came across by chance. Um, and some of you might have another way to do this, and I'd love to hear what what your way is. But um, I I noticed years ago, I think it was like my iPhone eight that uh it it quit charging. Like I'd plug the phone in mm. the phone charger cable in, and it wouldn't charge. And I was like, well, maybe there's something in there, and I'd like blow in the port, and nothing would come out, and um, it just wouldn't charge. And so I was trying to figure out like how to check it. And I had a, uh, an old, like a uh, dental pick thing for my <laughs> teeth. Yeah. And so I reached inside that port and just kind of scraped real lightly. And I could not believe the amount of lint and dust that came out mm. of my charging port. And so now like once a month, I'll just get in there and like scrape real lightly it. scrape around it and it cleans everything out. You can also scrape your little speaker Mm, um, yeah. on your phone speaker grills and it's crazy like how much better your phone works and sounds when periodically you just take a little something like a little uh, I don't nice. even know what those are called like the little yeah no I know exactly what you meant like a dental pick you can buy them in a set they come yeah. with a little mirror a little pick and yeah. a little scraper and you can just get in there real lightly yeah. and scrape yeah. your and usually usually the, if you buy the little set the pick part will have a hard end and a soft end okay so that you can, you know, if you're worried about damaging yeah, something, yeah, yeah. I, I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get that thing clean. I made a face. I didn't mean to make a face at that. I made a face at thinking about scraping my teeth. I haven't been to the dentist in a long time. And uh, mm. whenever you said dental stuff, I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. But I need it for this. Yeah. That's funny. I'll need to scratch out dental kit. Just, <laughs> it might be phone awkward kit. to use them for the same thing. <laughs> That's yeah. true. Go back and forth. Pick a little You're bit like, here. Who knows what was in here. my phone? Yeah. Put that in my teeth. Yeah, yeah. Show it back home and hand is cleaning out. Hey, thanks for getting this for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, speaking of teeth, Steven's over there. <laughs> hey. Hey, there's a smile. There's a teeth. Yeah, look at those teeth. There's a teeth. Uh, Steven, we are at the Garden Audio, uh, as we call it, the, the hot box here in the, summer, in the summertime. <laughs> I'm the cops here. Like, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, we're having a good time. As you can see, if you guys watching and keeping track with us, um, as you can see, it looks great in here. It's awesome. If you watch, as you can tell in your in, in your headphones, on your car speakers, on your iPhone speakers, it sounds great. No matter what the avenue is, that's all because of Steven. Way to go, um, Steven. So Steven's set this place up and it's been awesome to use out here. For It's any so of you. nice to have a podcast that actually sounds good. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I just, just want to note that that may have been the most polite segue I've had speaking of speaking of teeth, <laughs> it could have been like speaking of lint traps. <laughs> oh, that's so much better. I'll, I'll go back I'll and edit that. No, no, <laughs> I'll take it. I'm gonna leave your mic on. That's right. Hey, thanks. Uh, so you're gonna want to give him a follow at the Garden Audio on Instagram. Please. Go see what yeah. he's going on. What's going on over there? He's incredibly creative, incredibly professional, and also incredibly funny. He's got different memes pumping out over there a lot of the times, and so he knows his stuff. If you have any questions about audio? If you want, if you're wanting to start a podcast or anything like that. He knows his gear. Like he knows things backwards and forward. And you enjoy talking about it. Oh, I love talking about exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. So shoot shoot the garden audio. I like message. buying it. Did you say shoot yeah, the yeah. garden audio? With other people's money. Shoot the garden audio. A message. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> uh, America. We, America. We are we are at Simpler Pod on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, we are. Uh, follow along over there. Give us a like. Give us a give us a follow. See what's going on. See what we've got posted. Uh, search at Simpler Pod on YouTube and you'll find our channel on there. Uh, give us a subscribe. Check it out. We have full episodes on there. We have clips on over there. It's a good time on YouTube. Give us a subscribe while you're there. And also subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Follow along on Spotify. Leave a review wherever you can. It helps out. If you enjoy it, tell the world you enjoy it. Shout it from the rooftops via a five-star tap and just a little <laughs> a little uh, two-sentence, I enjoy these guys. Or that one guy with the beard is okay. And then we'll have to decide which yeah. one they're talking about. Yeah, we know yeah. they're not. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, follow along, do stuff, subscribe and follow. That's all fun. 
Good times. Uh, we've got also, I haven't really been been plugging this a whole bunch, but in all of our YouTube things, we've got links to to, to Eagles Wings. We've got links to uh, with Disc Golf, the Disc Golf yeah, initiative yeah. Mike is a part of. We've got links to Audix Wordworks as well over there. So stuff that, go, so that Mike is working on. We've got links to RT Douglish Fine Art uh, via social media mm-hmm. and it is rtdouglishfineart.com, right? It is. Sweet. So we've got those links usually in all of our YouTube stuff and also over there on anchor.fm slash simpler if you want to see what we're doing in our in our uh and side jobs in our lives that other creative outlets and things like that you call them side jobs because i feel like everything we do everything is a side job job. they're just jobs now (laughs) uh see what else they've got going on five of them (laughs) uh yeah for real i wish i had more links to point to just follow at pierce love underscore for some funny pictures of my daughter i guess (laughs) and then one day there'll be the rt douglish just the you know Bible talk page or whatever. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So follow along. I'm not going to call it Bible talk. (laughs) Bible talk. Welcome (laughs) to the BT. (laughs) Uh, RTDBT. There we go. That works. Wow. Minor. Do what? Plus. 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 (laughs) You need a custom podcast. Hey, side note. Side note. I'm trying to derail that. (laughs) Yeah, I can tell. If you need a uh, custom uh, podcast table. Oh hit up, yeah! Hit up Micah. Audix Woodworks. Yeah, literally. So they, shows up I know my you already said it, but I was a, just like, "Hey, we're building a podcast. They will be at your house in four minutes." <laughs> yeah, I'm Looks here. Good. I'm here now. Uh, so yeah, this is dope. We're having a good time. We enjoy you guys as always. Thank yep. you for tuning in. Thanks for following along. Thank you for being a part of the Simpler community. And as always, keep Christ's core. What could be simpler than that? And we'll talk to you guys in two weeks. Bye. Bye.